gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special Wednesday edition of the Punchless MMA Podcast. I'm Dale Lippin. Across from me, as always, my partner in crime, none other than the battered and bruised, but also boozed, Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, buddy? Oh, boozed is correct. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Let her rip, Tater Chip. So uh, let's get right into it. I noticed you added another piece of artwork to your Taliban cave. Are you in the presidential palace right now? I am. Um, I wanted to pay homage to the beach, which I never see anymore. So I've got some beautiful palm trees here. Nice, 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 nice. Well, if you want anything else, uh, we left about $80 billion worth of taxpayer money equipment in Afghanistan. So just go pick some up, buddy. You can have whatever you want. It's all free. It's all expendable. We don't care. We're just going to leave everything out there for you. All you got to do is go to the desert to get it. You want an MRAP? You can have it. You want a drone? You can have one of those too. Whatever you want, bro. The world is your oyster, Afghanistan. Dale, it's a I'm, tourist destination. I'm, I, well, it is, but I'm worried it, I'm not going to get on one of those flights. They looked a little packed. A little yeah. packed. Yeah. What's crazy <laughs> though, right, is that we're talking about it as, a, as, as it's a humanitarian crisis, but yet the whole plane was filled with men. Interesting. That's not good. Why is that? I don't understand. If the crisis is women and children and what's going to happen to women and children, why do we load up the planes with men? Why are we bringing men? I don't understand. Oh, this is this is going this is going down the hole here. Here no, we go. No, I'm not I'm not going I'm not that's it. that's all I'm saying. I'll I'll maybe I'll say something at the end of the show. Anyway, I'm sure um, you will. Let's get that I, beer going. What are you you're having a margarita actually. I am having a margarita tonight. Um shout I out to going to come at the end of the show. They don't pay us for it. Um so but anyway, Cutwater Spirits uh lime margaritas I don't want to drink it out of the can. It needs some ice, so I put it in a big fancy cup. But uh, I'm drinking a margarita on an empty stomach. Tonight's going to get dicey, bro. I love it, dude. Spring the spice. Speaking of spice, dude, I know this is completely irrelevant, but I just need to get your take on it. Sure, man. What you got? I was rushing from work, obviously, to get here, and I quickly stopped at Board & Brew. It's like a – I mean, uh, it's like a Jersey Mike's, right? Okay. This guy's sitting there next to me, and he looks over, looks over his shoulder and goes, Hey, man, what's better? Board and Brewer Subway. And I had a really hardcore day and my bandwidth, I couldn't, I didn't even have the bandwidth to go in and ask my wife, like, how are the kids? I literally just went to go pick up the sandwiches for the family and head home. And this, this asshole yeah. turns over and goes, Board and Brew or Subway. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, what the fuck type of question is that? Right. That's like asking, I'm going to ask you right now, because sure. I'm sure you don't have Board and Brew, but you have Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's or Subway, what would you choose? Never Subway. It's never Subway. It's never Subway. I would I'd go hungry before I eat Subway. I do go. I there's a Subway right across the street from my office. I can eat lunch there every day. Most days I don't eat lunch. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Hey guys, I just needed to make sure I wasn't going too hard there's, in the paint. But now listen, yeah. there's a lot of people that love Subway. They love that. They love that uh, petri dish grown chicken. They love that super, uh, you know, corn syrupy teriyaki chicken sauce. They love that stuff. And if you that's your jam, look. That's part of what I love about America, right? If you want to go to a, a place and 
and literally drink a gallon of sugar-loaded soda, you can do so. And that's your right to do so. I don't care. You want to eat a burger with 15 patties on it? You want to eat some lab-grown chicken or roast beef or the McRib, whatever that is? That's your (laughs) right. That's beautiful. And I love that. Capitalism is my favorite thing outside of my wife, kids, and this show. So I'm cool with that. I'm just not going to put that in my body. That's all. What are you going to put in your body, dude? I am going to put some really awesome farm to table, no GMO. I know where it came from, not grown in a damn uh, laboratory meat. And that's brought to me by Stay Classy Meats. I get it once a month, comes to the house, boom, 30 pounds of meat. Yum, yum, yum in my tum, tum, tum. I absolutely love it, man. I love it. so good. It makes you an alpha male, dude. Um, Maybe not team alpha male, but it makes you an alpha male. Um, Speaking of alpha males, we've got one of our own alpha males fighting this Friday. Or is it Saturday? No, it's Friday. It's Friday. Oh, yeah, fr- Friday night, the featured prelim on Bellator, Taylor Tombstone Johnson making the quick turnaround. Didn't take any damage last time, so he's making the quick turnaround. Taking on 17-2, and two, Fabio Aguilar. Who is, now, uh, Taylor, Taylor, what is he at right now? Minus 245, producer Jake said? Something like that, yeah, minus 245. Here's how I want to play this. Here's okay. how I want to play this. I, I, I want to play Taylor. I want to play inside the distance, yeah. and I also want to play him by knockout. Oh, a little triple threat guy. Well, here's the thing, right? So, so, the, so our boy Fabio, right? Here's the thing about our boy Fabio is he like fan- a, a little bit. He's he fancies himself a wrestler, but he spent his entire last fight trying to throw hands and did so poorly. So, here's the thing: I don't think he can out wrestle uh, Taylor, and I no. damn sure think he can't outstrike him. And what has been what has Taylor been chomping at the bit to do? For for over a year now, what's he been saying? I just want somebody that will throw hands with me. Yeah, that's all he wants. Just somebody throw hands. Let me put the what do you say? Let me put these on somebody. I believe Fabio is going to give him the chance, and I believe he's going to do so at his own detriment. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, and he decides to wrestle, Taylor's submitting everybody right now. Taylor by submission that'll cash the inside the distance play. Yeah, we might miss out on the knockout, but if you can get the TKO sub prop. Some places offer that. If you can get the TKO sub prop, play that. Uh, inside the distance prop, play that. And then Taylor Moneyline, play that as well. Cash to be made on Friday to gear up for Saturday, which I believe to be an ATM of a card. Yeah. It's one of those things, too, where, like, you know, they walk out to the octagon and sometimes you're like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous. But he's going to be looking so fly and so dope. He's winning from the moment he walks out of those sheets, dude, and goes right to the octagon. He's going to be yeah. rocking Allegiance clothing. Actually, if you're looking on our – our live stream right now, I'm rocking the Allegiance Clothing, Taylor Tombstone collab number two. Yep, yep. Um, I don't believe they're doing pre-sales right now no. on Taylor's new shirt. It looks right. sick. I'm going to uh, post it to our story right now. Oh, do it. Do it. Go ahead, keep talking. I'll graphic. post it to our story. Well, it's a sick graphic. All their graphics are super sick. If you guys want to take advantage of that, you want to support our boy who will be rocking the Punchless Mike logo on his gear on fight night. Go to allegiancecoding.com, type in that code PUNCH, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping. Site-wide. Site-wide. All right, so let's talk about this weekend. What happened this weekend? Anything? Nothing. 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 Uh, we had a couple greasy, slippery, slimy PFL Bellator hmm. parlays that fell apart because that whole system there is rigged. Um, PFL hmm. has a judging problem. MMA has a judging problem. PFL has got a really big judging problem. 
I, I, I totally agree. I wasn't so much fixated on PFL. I'm sorry to kind of cut you off for a second, but I need to know what's going on with Rory McDonald, man. He's not an elite fighter anymore. And you think that's all because of Robbie Lawler back in the day, taking a piece of him? That's the that's the general consensus is that Robbie took a little piece of him. Uh, but I don't I don't necessarily know that to be the case. But I will say this, and we've talked about this before. Something about having kids, something about finding the Lord, something about losing whenever you've given it your all. Like when you've given your absolute best and you still get beat, there's something to that, man. There's yeah. something to it. It takes a little bit from you. And while Rory has seen great success after the Robbie Lawler fights, I just don't necessarily know if he can maintain it. Like, I think he's good enough to beat most 170ers, but the elite, or like even like maybe say top 15 guys, top 20 guys, they're going to give him a real problem. And I, I think we see that with, with Ray Cooper. And I, What's great about mm. that is we got to see how good Ray Cooper really is. And that dude's really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's the real deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. He seemed like a brawler at first, but he's really sort of adapted his game. He's really grown as a mixed martial artist. I'm pumped to see what's going to happen. And I think after the season, even if Cooper wins the million, which I believe that he will, mm. they're going to have, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money to keep him because there's going to be people chomping at the bit to bring that dude into their organization and give some 170 years hell. Not the UFC because they can't pay shit. Well, they can. They just choose not to. Ah, okay. That's just it. They, they choose selective. not to. Selective. Selective. It's all selective. All right. Mm -hmm. We've got a good card this week. Like I said, got it's got. I got ATM vibes from this card. I, I'm going to preface all of, everything I'm about to say tonight with this blanket statement. I am weirdly confident about all of my plays this week. Fade. If you want to, <laughs> do so at your own peril. I love this card. I love this card. It's got good lines, and I I feel confident in in my plays here. I like it. I like the confidence vibes. You, you're you're again. You're coming off a cold streak, so wow. I'm, I'm happy that you feel that way. Mm. Um, I've got some interesting plays as well. I talked that I was the over under Oracle, and I plan on divulging those over unders tonight. I'm excited, mm. dude. Okay. Well, let's kick it off, man. Let's get the first fight on the main card. UFC on ESPN 29, Cannoneer versus Gastelum. This Saturday night, main card kicks off at 10 p.m. Eastern time. The prelims start at 7 p.m. Eastern. But we're going to start with the main card. Then we're going to take a brief, brief break because we've got some fantastic news that we're going to announce. And then we're going to cover the prelim card before we wrap everything up. First fight on the main card. Alexandra Pantoja at 25 or 23 and 5, sorry, is taking on Brandon Roy Vall at 12. And five Trey here. Pantoja, the minus 178, minus 175 favorite taking on Roy Ball, plus 153, plus 150, depending on where you're at. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. I love this fight, but you go first. <laughs> this should be the main main fight of the evening. That's what Ooh. I think. Oh, people's I event. love well, it depends where you're gonna stay. Okay. I'll go right out and say I'm taking Brandon Roy Val for okay. a yeah. plethora of reasons. But okay, go for it. Pantoja, super well-rounded. The guy's a freak of nature. He's just good everywhere. There's not an area where he's slightly less good. He's just good all around. But okay. Roy Val, he's just much more explosive. And you think, well, for flyways, this is interesting. This is These are guys that are explosive. they got great cardio tanks. They move very fast. But Roy Val, when you watch him, he has these different gears and his explosion, the way he moves forward. When you watch him in the Brando, Brandon uh, Moreno fight, outside of him getting his arm freaking unlocked there they would have popped that thing out in i would have liked him in the second and third round he has different gears i think that even though flyweights all really have a good cardio tank 
this Brandon Roy Val is explosive. And I think his cardio and outputs more superior than anyone else's. I really like, and here we begin the over under talk. I love the under two and a half, which is crazy because hmm. flyweight fights, women's MMA, you always want to go on overs, but I'm loving the under two and a half here. I think blood will be shed, dude. Yeah. So a couple different things, right? So I, I'm not entirely sure where the love comes on Pantoja. I like Pantoja. I think that we have, I mean, there's been quite a few times on this uh, show where I've taken Pantoja. I've took him over Asker Askarov, and I believe I took him over Davison Figueredo as well, right. um, both of which were losses to him. You look at his losses to Askarov and Figueredo, like I said, lost to Dustin Ortiz, um, and then Juicy J, you know, the human backpack, Juicy A Formiga. Outside of that, man, he's beaten quite a few people, wins over uh, – Brandon Moreno, if I'm not mistaken, he's beaten Brandon Moreno twice in right. his career. Um, but outside of that, win over Matt Schnell, Wilson Hayes, Olka Sasaki, not the not the outside, you know, old Moreno, not exactly like tip of the, you know, tip of the spear flyweights as far as I'm concerned. I know Wilson Hayes had his moment in the sun, but here's the thing, man. My concern with Pantoja is the lack of grit. Mm. he needs to fight his fight. I don't necessarily know that he can bite down on the mouthpiece and make the adjustments when somebody's in his face. When right. you look at Brandon Royval and you look at the way that he fights, he's constantly moving forward. He's constantly throwing, whether they're 50%, 75%, 100% shots. He's getting super creative. He's constantly pushing the pace, Right. You have got to make those adjustments. And I just wonder about Pantoja's ability to think on the fly, make the adjustments. And if it gets gritty and it's not going his way, figure out a way to win the fight. Mm -hmm. I don't think this will be a clean win for him. He can win this fight, but it won't be clean. I think Roy Vall has to put a pace on him. My concern with Roy Vall, twofold. One, will he get hit because Pantoja can bang? And two, Slippery shoulders make me nervous. Right, uh, they make me nervous when that thing's mm -hmm. slipping in and out. And he knew what yeah. happened, which would lead me to believe that he that that he knew or that that's happened before. It's like a Korean zombie thing. Mm -hmm. I'm always nervous that the slippery shoulder is going to fail. I'm yeah. super scared of that. So now that I know that Roy Vall has that issue, I have a lot of hesitation when it comes to picking him. Um, I think that the Odds makers are giving a little bit too much love to Pantoja and a little bit too much disrespect to Roy Vall. I think this fight is closer to a pick 'em than the odds would indicate. And for that reason, I'm taking Roy Vall for the value, not so much because of the skill set, because of the value. I think that the output, I think the volume, I think the cardio will pay dividends if Pantoja can't make the adjustments. Think this fight's closer to a pick 'em. That's how I've capped it. So the fact that I can get a dollar fifty to my dollar, I'm taking it. I'm gonna take Roy Vall at the plus one fifty mark. I'd take it now. It's gonna get closer. The sharp money's gonna come in on on Brandon. I think like, as we get really close. So I would take advantage now. All right. Next fight on the main card: Austin Hubbard taking taking on Vince Pichel. Vince Pichel thirteen and three. Austin Hubbard thirteen and five. You know how I feel about my boy Vince. From hell, Pichel. I have cashed consistently on Vince. I freaking love him as a fighter. The only time I have not taken him is when he fought my boy Gregor. And that yeah. you, 
I mean, what am I supposed to do there? You might as well be fighting Cub Swanson at that point. You're not getting any of my money. So I was all in. But outside of that, you can't convince me to bet against Vince Pichelle. He's strong. He's durable. He's got good cardio. He's got good wrestling. And he hits like a truck. Austin Hubbard's got his hands full. Coming on a Vince Michelle, minus 110, minus 108. It's a pick him some places. Austin Hubbard, minus 112. Over on rounds at two and a half. Give me Vince Michelle. You forgot to leave out one stat. Um, he's 38. I don't give it. What's it like to be 38? I don't know. I'm not there yet, but I do know that I feel strong. I feel strong like bull. I feel like if I, I feel like if I get these meaty dad hands on you, you're going to know it. So oh. Vince Michelle can get some of that, man. Let, let, let the man crack. Let the man crack. I will, I will give Vince this, you know, your favorite fighter. Well, I was surprised when you, when you said you've, you've taken him every single time. And I was surprised when you took him against uh, Jim Miller because you love Jim Miller. You love you some, what is it? A10 sauce. A10. No, no, it's a (laughs) one sauce. A10 is an aircraft, but okay. okay. Go ahead. Yeah. You even took him against Jim Miller, which I thought was risky of you, especially prior to that fight. He was on 18 month layoff because of a, what a labrum surgery or something like that he had. Uh, it was like a shoulder and his hip, I believe, is what he had. Something he had some hip stuff going on. Yeah, so I think that was our biggest hesitancy going into the Jim Miller fight is ring rust coming off a big surgery like that. Yep. Now he's had a fight under him. He looked fantastic in that fight. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Hubbard. It's a it's a big thing to chew. Obviously, we love Team Elevation, so him coming from Team Elevation poses a little bit of concern. He's hyperactive. He's got good cardio. He can strike from distance. Um, he's He's a little bit exhausting, but Vince Pichel, the one thing we know is when he holds top position, you're not getting out of that. Yeah. I mean, he will control you. So regardless of you being able to scramble, get up, get down, keep a good cardio tank, you're not going to be able to move from the grasp that is Vince Pichel. I'm with you on Pichel. I'm down. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say it on every single fight. If I'm going to go over under, I'm going over two and a half on this because I think it's going to be two somewhat of grinders. I know Vince hits like a truck, but he does like to hold position and he is more than willing to go to decision. Yeah. My concern with, so I'll give you my points of concern for each guy, right? Um, If you are Vince Pichel, I'm worried about Austin Hubbard's leg kicks. Mm. Um, He's got those big tree trunks and he, he, he does move well laterally and he's not afraid to throw leg kicks. Um, That can stymie the movement of a guy that's more of a plotter like Vince Pichel. If you are Austin Hubbard, you have got to be worried about Vince putting you up against the cage. Vince isn't going to shoot from out in the middle of the cage and try to take you down. He's going to push you up against the cage, try to get underhooks, try to get a body lock, sweep the legs, drag you down. And if he can drag you down, then the punches start coming. He's not going to sit there and shoot doubles. He's not going to shoot singles. He's going to try to get you against the cage. Use that as a, as an ally to help get you down. So if you're Austin Hubbard, you got to stay off the cage. If you're Vince Pichel, you got to find a way to keep your legs healthy so that you continue to cut corners, create traps, and get Austin Hubbard in an advantageous position in order to win the fight. Absolutely. Love it. All right, man. Next fight on the main card. Uh, Trevin Jones taking uh, on what? I thought it was the Parker Porter Chase Sherman. I was ready to talk about Jiggly Bellies, dude. I think is it, 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 it Trevin? It's the Trevin Jones fight, is it not? I think so. I thought that fight fell off. Um, let me hold on. Let me check. Let me check Tapology real quick because I got my notes pulled up here. I've got. Um, I still have it listed on Tapology, man, and I still got it listed on MMA Junkies schedule as well. Trevin Jones uh, was a Saeed Yakub Karamanov. 
Saeed Akub, Karamanov. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Karamanov versus Jones. We'll go with that. Jones 13 and 6, Karamanov at 8 and 2. Could be saying that name perfect. Could be saying it terrible. I don't know. We'll go with the pick here. The odds are a little dicey. Uh, no over-under out there currently. I've lost money on Trevin Jones the last two times I've bet against him. Will the yeah. third time be the charm? I feel like it's almost the same person in Trevin Giles, dude. We always lose money on the Trevins, bro. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, He's not a problem. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's – you want to talk about meat and potatoes. He doesn't have good striking. He doesn't have any pop. He, he likes to exercise almost the point, hmm. the point uh, protection from distance. He'll pepper you, and then maybe he'll attempt for a takedown, but it's not enough to actually move you off your grip. So – I think that Trevin is a guy that is more cautious with his striking um, and won't exercise any explosion. So when you don't have that, you're playing really safe and you have to think that Sayokov is going to come in and grind him. So unless he's able to pepper from distance and move around the cage and exercise the space, which is going to be tough in the apex cage, I think that Sayuka literally comes in and grinds him out to decision, wrestle fucks him all day long. I like the grind out. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the assessment on the on the punching strategy mm. of um, Jones because if you remember, he knocked out Batista with an uppercut, and mm. then the Valiev fight. Him and Valiev got into a firefight. Um, remember that was that fight alone was my big. I hate Chris Tyone. Like that's where it's it started. That was the night right. of Chris Tyone screwing up every fight. Because yeah. Valiev had Jones out on his feet, didn't stop the fight. And then the moment Jones rocked Valiev, he stepped in and stopped it. Right. And I was like, yeah, th yeah. that was the beginning of me realizing that I don't like Chris Tyone as official or as an official. Um, I, I think, I definitely think that uh, I don't disagree with your assessment on how Jones fights. I just think that he does look for big shots. I do believe that he is a, he, he's a hunter when it comes to that regard. And you got to think about a guy that's coming off. Yeah, the Valley of fight got switched to a no contest, which is one thing. Uh, but that was due to, I believe that was a marijuana test, which is stupid. Right. Um, but he's coming off a knockout win over Batista. And what do we see about guys that come off KO wins, right? They love, they want to do it again. Let's replicate. Yeah. So uh, with a guy like uh, Karamanov, who's going to come in, who who is probably going to shoot, um, who is probably going to look to grind a little bit. There's a good possibility that we might see Trevin Jones throwing, you know, nukes at him to see if he can't back him up a little bit. That being said, you it's really hard pressed for me. Um, if I'm if I'm going to be completely honest with you, uh, I don't know a ton about uh karamanov i don't know a, a bunch i went back though because i saw that he has a win over asker askarov which i thought was really or not i'm not sorry asker asker not asker asker yeah. um and i was like hmm okay let me let me go back and watch this well he knocked him out in the first 30 seconds of the fight so i was like mm -hmm. okay dude's got a little bit of pop in him right so now that i know that he's got a little bit of pop i look at the rest of the record i didn't watch admittedly i didn't watch a ton of fights uh, I watched the Asker Asker fight, but here's the thing, right? Equal number when it comes to to finishes by knockout and submission. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, maybe he's not going to grind. Maybe he is going to throw. Maybe he is going to bang. So that being said, the play that I'm going to be looking for here is an inside the distance play. Ooh. Trevin Jones coming off two finishes in a row, and a guy in Karabanov uh, or Kar 
Kerha Hermanov, or however you want to say it, I'm saying it different every time, um, had equal wins or equal split on finishes and when it comes to submissions and uh, knockouts. I'm going to play an inside the distance here and just hope for a good fight because I, I don't want to lose money on Trevin Jones three times in a row, and I don't know enough about Saeed Akub to, to really bet on him. Full admittance, hands up. I didn't watch a lot of a lot of footage on him. I'm looking at the stats, and I'm just going to play it inside the distance, hope for a fun fight, maybe make a little money. Yeah, and before Twitter just absolutely wrecks me, um, I said the problem at the beginning because, like my brain did at the beginning of this entire thing, Trevin Giles is the, is the problem. Trevin Jones is five-star. Yeah. I think the biggest issue or monstrosity of this whole thing is the parents of both of these these children – Name your kid Trevor or a normal name. Trevin is not legit. It's like you shorted the name and I won't have it. I send it back. You send it back? All right. <laughs> next, next, next fight on the card, man. Your boy, Parker Porter, taking on the vanilla gorilla Chase Sherman. Parker <laughs> Porter at 11 and 6. Chase Sherman at 15 and 7. Trey, I'm going to let you go here because I know you want to body shame both of these guys. Parker <laughs> Porter at a plus 165, Chase Sherman at a plus – or I'm sorry, at a minus 190 over under on rounds. Is it one and a half? Body shame away, my friend. I won't. You won't? I can't. You can't. I can't. Both of these guys I, – I, I wholeheartedly believe this is how it went down. They both went into a bar. They sat down. They looked at each other and while they were eating ribs and just stuffing their face and – their shirt was probably two sizes too small. And they just looked at each other and said, Hey, we're in the UFC. Like, let's get our shit together. I'm, yeah. I'm going to order the salad. I'm going to put the dressing on the side. And that's what both these guys did. Look at them both now. They're still fat, but they are trimmed down for fat people. Parker Porter's trimmed up. He trimmed up. They both wow. trimmed up. I Chase Sherman was a jiggly dude himself, but he trimmed up. Huh? How, how much smaller is Parker Porter? <laughs> You see, he didn't order the Porter House, dude. He ordered the five ounce filet. Let me ask you this: Where have you seen him recently to indicate that he's been trimmed up? Instagram, dude. Do we follow him on Instagram? Of course we do. Do we really? It makes me feel better when I take my shirt off at the pool, dude. What we follow Parker Porter on Instagram, and I haven't seen him. I haven't seen the trim up. Yeah, if we don't on our account, I do on my personal. <laughs> I guess so, man. Let me see. Uh -huh. Oh, he does yeah. look he does look trimmed up. You're Tell right. You. He looks a little I bet you he weighs in at 263. He looks good. <laughs> he looks good. I bet you he'll weigh in at 263. You're right. Isn't that something? Yeah. All right. So what's yeah. your play here? How do you think this fight unfolds? This is a tough one. Um, because I, I don't like either of these guys. Um okay. Parker Porter is gonna walk for he plods. We talked about plodding fighters, especially in the heavyweight division, but he likes to work from the close quarters, which is good because mm -hmm. he's got good knees. Um, he can work in that clinch area. Chase Sherman. First, I was on Parker Porter. Then I'm on Chase Sherman because Chase Sherman moved to Sanford MMA. So he switched up his camp. He looks like he's getting good rounds in there, which I like. But he has – I thought Parker Porter had bad cardio, dude. Chase Sherman's on another freaking level. That guy is sucking wind after half a round. I so, think Chase Sherman has amazing cardio for a heavyweight. No. Compared to oh, Parker super, Porter? Super dis – not – it's not – that's what I said. We're not talking about a, a comparison game. You just said <laughs> Chase Sherman's sucking, sucking air after half a round. I, I vehemently disagree with that. I do not vehemently digress to that. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah. Okay, let me let me let me back up as it relates to cardio. When I say sucking wind, sure, he can maybe make it three rounds, but oh. the way he's sucking wind is he's dropping his hands. 
he can't lift his arms. He's exhausted. So he gets pieced up. Watch him after half of a round. His hands go from here to here, up to down. Parker Porter, I like him in the close quarters. I like how he's trimmed up. I think he's going to have a good cardio tank. And to be honest, in close quarter boxing, I think Parker Porter's got the better striking. And if I can get heavyweights at, at plus 165 on that, I like it. Now, being that they've trimmed down a little bit, and I don't think they're both going to engage right away, heavyweight fight over one and a half. I want to watch me some jiggly for more than seven and a half minutes, dude. I like it. Okay, so what's your play here? I'm going, well, I'm going to just stick with over one and a half. But if I okay. had to go money line, I'm going to take Park Reporter. Okay, I'm going to go Chase Sherman. Basically for the opposite of what you said. I like Chase Sherman's output as a heavyweight. I think that he's got a good grasp on energy usage. Um, he also understands distance pretty well. He gets hit, yes. But he also understands what his range is, right? Like he knows where he needs to be to hit you. Uh, not so great with the head movement, and he can get tagged. That does present some problems when you got the lunch boxes of Parker Porter coming back at you. But my concern with Parker Porter, little head, big body. So when you got that, you're not taking the shots of heavyweights very well. Um, and while Parker Porter is a heavyweight and has always fought at heavyweight and judging by his body composition, always will, a guy like Chase Sherman that's able to continue to rattle that medulla oblongata around your little his little you know skull, it's going to create problems as the fight goes on. Over one and a half is something I really like because Chase Sherman has not shown himself to have one-punch knockout power. Parker Porter is slightly durable, but that's mostly because – he extends fights by like what you said, clinching, dirty boxing, pressing the action up against the cage. If Chase Sherman can keep this at range and continue to touch Parker Porter, he'll do enough damage. Parker will fold. He will fold. But I don't see it happening, uh, at least not anytime soon. I'd be shocked if this one got out of here in under one and a half. So I'll take I'll take over one and a half, too. I like that. It's not bad. It's not bad. All right. I like it. Coming to the of the evening clay guida 36 and 20 bro ain't that a record 36 and 20 ain't that a record it's taking on mark the olympian madsen and you know me i love my olympians bro i love my olympians uh am i crazy though when i look at clay guida plus 140 and i look at mark o madsen at minus 160 overrunner on on rounds at two and a half here obviously i love the over two and a half but am i crazy and thinking clay guida might have something in him that can beat an olympian silver medalist is that crazy to think no, because I'm I'm right there with you. I think he's I think he's got better striking. Yeah, and weirdly enough, I think he's going to have better cardio. No, I think sure. I think as long as Clay can implement a game plan, um, I think he should be able to he should be able to beat Madsen. Now, does Madsen possess in his body the ability to beat Clay Guida? hundred um, percent. He's an Olympic silver medalist. I think I, if I'm not mistaken, though, I put Clay Guida on my no bet list after after his last fight. That I, I'm pretty sure I got really mad after Clay's last fight and said I'm, I can't bet on him again. Is that right? I don't remember you saying that. <clears throat> it was the Bobby Green fight that he pissed me off when he that beat one. Michael Johnson. He totally redeemed himself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um. Yeah, I mean, dude, how am I going to bet against like who is the beacon of Team Alpha Male outside of Uriah Faber? I mean, that's he's he's the you know the heart and soul of that team. And to be honest, you got to sometimes you got to ride the teams, man. Team Alpha Male's been on an absolute heater. Call yeah. it controversial or not, they have been on a heater. Sure. Um, I think Mark Madsen. It's crazy he's an Olympian wrestler because he he doesn't have good cardio for a, an Olympian wrestler. No, his he just does not there. Yeah. Well, he's he's zero body. He's zero percent body fat. 
He's zero yeah. percent body fat. And here's the thing, though: you got to look at that style of wrestling, that, especially like the Greco-Roman. It's short, explosive movement. It's not so much a prolonged uh, entanglement, if you will. It's it's brief, thirty-second to minute and a half encounter break start change position go back and forth so you know there is something to that i still i like over two and a half but the i don't know it makes me nervous now that i talk about it because i feel like what if clay guida can gas him out and right. then get like one of those tko style exhaustion like the the exhaustion style tkos where he takes yeah. mark down beginning of the third like round that. just starts peppering them with weird little punches and he's looking yeah. up at the ref and he's yeah. looking at the, and, and the ref's just like, well, Mark's not moving, so I guess I'll stop it. But yet he's not actually hurt. He's just dog tired. I feel yeah. like something weird like that could happen. Oh, I like that. And I hope I get a record and post that on Fight Night if that happens. I can totally see that happening. Um, it's it's wild, too, because Mark Madsen fights out of Fight Ready with, you know, friend of the show, Henry Cejudo's camp. And you think a group like that who has legitimate Olympian wrestlers, not just one, but multiple, would – get the cardio to a certain sufficient point where it can elongate what is three rounds clay guida though i mean if you're going to talk about camps that have wrestlers outside of fight ready team alpha male that's what they're chock full of so yeah. his wrestling is going to be good enough we always know it has been good enough to you know not get overwhelmed and i think his cardio and definitely his striking are going to be leaps and bounds above mark madsen you know what i just thought of though huh this fight's in the apex so you thinking Madsen's going to grind him because he's not going to have space to work? I think the apex is where legends go to die. That is true. They are sacrificed. And I think that the last time we saw him there, he fought another OG guy, so it canceled out. I know. And that sucks because it's the worst environment for him. Everyone likes the Clay Guida just cracking the freaking rock music, jumping him up and down through the crowd like an absolute maniac, getting smacked in his face by his brother before he goes in the octagon. I mean, you'll still get smacked in the face, but it's just going to look like two dudes in a room by themselves getting smacked in the face, which is going to be kind of weird. Do you know what I love about Clay Guida more than anything else? Huh? The giant belches in between rounds. I know. That's so it's my good. favorite thing. That's when he sits so down and he starts puffs out the chest and he's like, I, dude, that's my, fa that's my absolute favorite. That's yeah. my absolute, that's one of my, one of like the, the little tiny secrets of mixed martial arts that I absolutely love. I yeah, absolutely it's, love. It's, it's a boss move. Yeah. It's a boss move. All right, main event of the evening: Jared Cannonier taking on Kelvin Gastelum. Cannonier at thirteen and five, Kelvin Gastelum at seventeen and seven. Man, I I've been back and forth on this fight so much. I'm not sure what where I want where I want this to land at. I I know in my heart what I'd like to see happen, but I'm concerned about you know from. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm concerned on, on the execution standpoint. Producer Jake, can we get some updated odds on that Kelvin Gaslam Jared Cannonier fight, brother? Hmm. He's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> Cannonier at a minus one fifty, Gaslam at a plus one thirty four. Over on rounds at four and a half here, Trey. How do you feel about this fight, man? Because I'm I, I think you know which way I'm leaning. Well. I did. I'm the same as you. I've gone back and forth a billion times. I mean, Jared Cannonier, obviously, everyone wants to remember what happened most recently with Robert Whitaker. But, dude, remind me when he fought Whitaker, outside of just being masterclass to utilize one of your words, 
Whitaker kicked him and like broke his arm early on in that fight, right? And that's where yeah, the demise started like the first to happen. Round. Yeah, I mean, he was a bad break too. Yeah, so it's it's hard to gauge off that. Um, I will say, Canier does not move uh, very well. He's not lighting on his feet, and maybe that's because you know he had spent a majority of his career up a division, then he comes down um, two divisions. Yeah, so from a bigger dude to a cut and freaking jack looking Jared Cannonier, who he is, he does not light on his feet. Um, I, I like Kelvin, dude. Even though if you look at his record and look who he's like beaten. He's beaten the Ian Heinishes and those type. But Ian Heinish, God, dude, give me a break. Anyone, I'll never bet on Ian Heinish ever again. The one thing Kelvin's going to do is he, if he can, if he doesn't get into this wrestle-heavy attack where he gets pieced up in the clinch, which he could by Jared, I could see him moving around. I mean, go back to the Izzy fight. He was showing so many different feints. He was more orthodox, southpaw. His versatility that he has in close quarters and his striking, I think, is a little bit more superior than Jared. I am worried about Jared's power, of course, but I think if he can provide the create uh, different looks, I think it's going to pose a huge concern for Jared Cannonier. He's going to be completely out of his element. He's going to be guessing for his shots, which is going to make him extremely vulnerable. Yeah. So a couple things with this, right? So if you look at Kelvin Gastelum, like if you're looking at him on paper, he's lost four out of his last five. The mm -hmm. lone win in the last five is against, like you said, Ian Heinish. But look at who he's fought in that time period. It is is about as murderer row that you can get uh, when it comes to heavy or middleweights. I'm sorry, Robert Whitaker, Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, which was a split decision, and Izzy, right? Yeah. I mean, he's literally fought the who's who as far as middleweights are concerned. Wins over Jacare, wins over Michael Bisping, obviously. Lost to Chris Weidman, beat Tim Kennedy, beat Johnny Hendricks. Sure. I don't necessarily know what the ceiling is for jared cannoneer right he's he starting at heavyweight light heavyweight middleweight I, I think it was like light heavyweight then middleweight then back like he went up and then walked back down the stair staircase again i'm not sure what jared cannoneer's ceiling is what i did see though is and play the arm break into it if you will what i did see though was a clear discrepancy in skill between him and Robert Whitaker. And I think as far as middleweights are concerned, it's Izzy, Robert Whitaker's right here, and then it's everybody else's down here. Agreed. It's just they've got to figure out a way to close the gap. It's those two guys and then everybody else way below. I yeah. don't necessarily know what Cannoneer's ceiling is. I believe that we have seen the best Kelvin Gastelum available. And I think that one showed up at the Izzy fight. I think he's gotten a little bit worse each fight, even though the with the, the Till fight was a split decision. Um, he went back to his roots, used a wrestle-heavy approach to beat Ian Heinish. I think, honestly, that he probably needs to reinvigorate that style in order to get some ranked wins and get himself back into contention again. Um, a win over Jared Cannonier definitely does that, given the ranking situation. My concern with this fight is, and why I've waffled on it so so badly, is I don't know what the peak of Jared Cannonier is. I know what the peak of Kelvin Gaslam's Peak Kelvin Gaslam beats Jared Cannonier. It, it does. But can Kelvin return to form? And what form does he return to? The the welterweight wrestling, mixing it up, um, you know, stalker, or does it does he is he the guy that comes out there is afraid to pull the trigger, 
doesn't have the output to win to win the rounds when they're close. Which one do we get? I think that Kelvin's going to come in. I think he's going to try to shoot. I think Cannoneer has to earn his respect immediately to get Kelvin to back off. If he can do that, Kelvin will freeze and he'll become trigger shy. Um, as it stands right now, ever so slight lean towards Cannoneer, but I might flip it to Kelvin Gastelum come fight night. I want to see what they look like face-to-face. This is a fight I'm waiting till weigh-ins. Initial leanings as of Wednesday, I'm on Cannoneer, but I'm not opposed to Kelvin Gastelum, especially at plus money. Yeah, it's, it's hard to not take him at plus money. It's hard for me to take Gastelum just going forward. <clears throat> I mean, one, because of his record, but two, I know it is murderer's row. I don't know if, if you notice this as much as I do, um, but I have become fixated on these weird open blister herpes that are like all over him. It freaks me out. I don't like it. I send it back, dude. He's got bad skin, but I mean, again, I'm not about that body shame life. So no, if it, it's skin, not bad skin, dude. Like something's weird. Like there's, no. there's an alien coming out or some shit. If you listen, you want to see, listen, you want to see alien um, it, it, or you know, stuff that looks alien like, and it's real for whatever reason, it's really prevalent here in South Carolina. Have you ever seen a keloid before? <laughs> no. Producer Jake, have you ever seen a keloid before? K-E-L-O-I-D? No? All right. Um, it's this weird scar that, like, bubbles out. It, it, like, so you get scar, and then it just bubbles. It looks it looks super, inf- I, and it's like, it stays that way. So it's almost, it looks like you've got an alien growing out of you. Um, and <laughs> for whatever reason, I don't know if it grows in the water or what it is down here, but, yeah, it's producer Jake's looking at it in the background. He's got, a, he's got his face all turned up they're foul looking um and it's <laughs> it, it is a very real thing here in south carolina uh, a lot of cats run around with keloids don't get cut and let the water get in your cut down here it it changes things it dude changes i got I, I gotta be honest i thought this whole time you were introducing our guest no 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 <laughs> <I was never. laughs> what dude what <laughs> all the smoke all the smoke all right so let's so let's go over our big news, right? So um, I'm going to start changing stuff around, and we'll get him in here. But this is what we've got going on, guys. Um, so we've alluded to this for a while now. Um, we've seen exponential growth over the last year, and that is thanks in part to you, the people that listen to our show. Uh, and for that, we're very thankful. Because of that, because of your big support, Trey and I have big ideas. We got merch coming out, which you guys uh, have always supported. So we appreciate that. Our show sponsors, you continue to show us love there. Um, We try to give back as much as we can. We've got giveaways coming up for the next pay-per-view, and we appreciate that very much. We also have another giveaway that we're getting ready to start, and that giveaway is directly correlated to the announcement I'm about to make. Punchlist MMA is expanding. Um, We are going to grow. And in doing so, we are growing into what will become punch list media uh trey and i are on the hunt so take note here are on the hunt for like-minded uh like-motivated gamblers whether you are a professional semi-professional dgen whatever if you have got the chops and know what you're talking about and you are a gambler and you have a podcast we want to talk to you about becoming part of Punchlist Media. We are going to try to grow the Punchlist Army as much as we possibly can. That being said, we have got a little flagship uh, project here that we are going to start. And that bad boy is going to start uh, next week. 
right? If I'm not mistaken, are we not going next week for that? Uh, so without further ado, we're going to bring in the host of the Gimme Points podcast. Gimme the Points podcast. None other uh, than a semi-professional gambler in himself. And admittedly, my brother, because uh, if I'm going to screw something up, I might as well do it with family. Um, but yes, all the same, my brother, Soup, the one of the co-hosts of the Gimme Give Give the Points podcast. What's up, Soup? How are you? How are you guys? Uh, real quick, Trey, I don't appreciate the comments. And as the healthcare professional of the punch list army, uh, keloids are common and prevalent throughout the entire United States. It's just an excess of scar tissue after a cut, um, you know, like a surgical incision or something along those lines. Not that I deal with that every day or anything, but yeah, uh, it's not just South Carolina, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, usually when I talk shit, the person doesn't actually come on. So now I feel very awkward, but go that's ahead, okay. Sid. That's okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so, so we're starting. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What you got? No, we're, we're starting. Give me the points podcast. I'm super excited about it. My co host, uh, Tyler Thorne, a very close friend of mine, a very close friend of producer Jake's. Um, and I figured I'd get another balding guy with a beard to host with me. Uh, is also going to be a balding guy with a beard. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're excited. It's going to be, you know, the start of the NFL season. It's going to be NFL based. Okay. So, so with that being said, it, we're looking at a year round podcast though, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so with it being the NFL season coming up in football season, it's going to be start with NFL football and college football. Um, that is where I would like to call, you know, my expertise where I hone in. Um, and then as the NBA season and college basketball kickoff, we'll cover that. That'll be tougher um, because it's not just a once a week kind of deal like MMA or like the, like football. Um, and when hockey season kicks off, we'll also, uh, we'll also be covering, um, hockey plays as well. Gotcha. So one of the u unique dynamics of a sport or a, of a show that's going to cover multi multi facets or, or, or different sports is that outside perspectives are going to be key. So one of the things that we'll be looking to do is bring in outside perspectives. There's only so much knowledge that people can reasonably expect you and and Tyler to, to hold inside that brain. And while I know you both to be very competent and very successful gamblers, uh, we will be leaning heavily on the expertise of people that are niche specific, correct? Absolutely, for sure. Uh, I actually have a couple guys lined up for the hockey season when it rolls around. Okay. Um, the one guy is a, which it's crazy to me, but all he bets are player props nightly for hockey games and he's very very good at it and that's what he bets and when hockey season ends he doesn't wager another dollar um that that is what he does and that's that's what he's good at it's awesome trey what you got man so i'm not invested too much in the nfl but so are you going to be sharing with the people select plays that you guys have really honed into or are you going to talk about all 16 games talk to me about the kind of I guess what you guys are going to be doing on each podcast. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to go through game by game, um, but we're going to have select plays each week. Um, we are going to use a unit-based betting system, um, which will be explained when we do our first show next week. Um, we'll go through, for those of you that don't know what a unit is, we're going to go through that. We're going to talk about it. You're going to understand it because it's all about bankroll management when it comes to betting football. Um, you're not going to win every week, but the goal is to win at the end of the season, and that's with bankroll management. So we're going to go over a unit system. We're going to talk about that. Um, and we'll talk about, we'll cover every game. We'll, we'll throw up the lines for every game. It'll be a very brief overview of certain games. We'll give our lean. Um, but games that we are designating as a unit or two unit or five unit play will be more in depth. Those will all be free, correct? We're not charging it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We're here as a family to make money. Gotcha. Um, and that's, you know, if I succeed, I want to see others succeed with me. That's gotcha. what it's all about. And then we're also, because we, we talked about transparency being key, all plays will be third-party tracked as well, correct? Absolutely. They will all be online. Um Still deciding on which um, pick monitor we want to use. Pick monitor is actually one of the sites we're considering. Um, but there are multiple sites out there that we can track everything. It will track our units. Um, and, I mean, everything's going to be on YouTube. So yeah. it's going to yeah. be on YouTube, Spotify, YouTube, or iTunes, everything. Um, so everything's going to be out there. It's going to be on our Instagram. We're going to post every single week. Um we're going to be on Instagram, Twitter, um, as well as Facebook for you old heads that still use Facebook for shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm fully aware. But yeah, it'll be mainly Instagram and Twitter based, but everything's linked together. So every post will reach every platform. Awesome. Now, um, admittedly, I'm a very biased dude. Um, and I see that you're wearing a jersey. It looks like a can't yeah. see the Washington football team. Is that what you're wearing? <laughs> You better believe it. So this, listen, I put this jersey on tonight because it. I feel like I relate to it. This is my Alex Smith, Washington Redskins jersey. Um, Alex Smith and I both had some unforeseen life circumstances that put us on the bench. Um, but we came back. We rose to the occasion. I'm back in the podcast world. Alex Smith came back. He won comeback player of the year. And I'm here for the comeback host of the year in the podcast world. Give me the points podcast. We're going to crush it. I'm super excited. I, um, I, I, I'm gassed up. I mean, I've been talking to Dale about it for, you know, a little over a month now. We finally got our logo finalized. Um, yeah. And I have a Jersey for every single team, except for the bills, the dolphins and the jets, because I'm a Patriots fan and I refuse to buy their jerseys. So it would be a new Jersey every single week. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next week, your first episode comes out. We're going to announce a joint giveaway between on your show and our show, which will be one of the biggest prizes that we give away yet. So you want to be you want to stay tuned to that. Uh, what you can do now to help support the show, help support the progress of this show and the Give Me the Points podcast. Go on Instagram, follow them. Uh, are you on Twitter yet? You get set in a Twitter yes. today. All right, you're on Twitter. Yes. Go Twitter, go Instagram, follow at Give Me the Points, and then we will have more updates on our Instagram as it gets closer. Uh, but next week, when your first episode launches, we will do so to great fanfare, and we will also announce a gigantic giveaway for that, um, as well as the Punchlist Empire continues to grow. Any parting shot, any final word for the people uh, before we let you loose? 
uh, a little, you know, a little piece of candy, a little Easter egg. Um, if you can get it in, get it in. Um, my first pick is it's a season long bet. So I don't know how people feel about, you know, having their money set aside for an entire season. I love season long bets because I feel like that you find fantastic value. Um, one is Cole Komet, the Bears tight end, over 495 and a half receiving yards this year. Um, nobody loves a tight end like a rookie quarterback. They obviously ju drafted Justin Fields. Justin Fields has, you know, it's preseason. I get it, but he looks good. He's competing against Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. I fully expect him to get the starting job. Um, so Cole Komet over 495 and a half receiving yards. And then speaking of comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott plus 200 comeback player of the year. Um, as long as this dude plays 17 games this year, there's I don't see any way he doesn't win comeback player of the year with that offense. It's between him and Joe Burrow. They're going to give it to a quarterback over Saquon Barkley. Um, and I like Dak over Joe Burrow any day of the week. All right. Big plus money. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Nobody loves nobody loves uh, tight ends more than veteran quarterbacks and rookies, man. You're absolutely right. Arm strength and, and confidence is everything when it comes to those two guys. So I completely agree. I, I love both of those plays. Would you say plus 495 and plus 200? No, plus 200. And then the Cole Komets over 400 and 495 and a half receiving yards. Okay. It's a minus 110. Gotcha. So it's a, it's a pick and play. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, man. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for announcing uh, the show. And we will uh, we'll catch you next week for everything. Yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see all you guys next week. Uh, take care. And uh, bang, bang. Yeah. Oh, shit. Get him out of here. For me. Get him out of here. To get him out. Get him out. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, like I said, guys, we are going to expand. So if you have a show, know a show uh, and you want you want to want it to grow and help. Honestly, man, like we've talked, we've talked about before, rising tides raise all ships. One of the one of the big blessings that's happened through the creation of this show is us not only being able to create a brand, but the relationships that we've garnered along the way. There's not a lot of podcasts out there that have been around for a year that have, I'm just going to toot our own horn. I'm going to toot our horn here. You ready for this? Toot, toot. That, like that have accomplished the things that we accomplished, right? Like right. we're we're doing bigger things here um, and we want to bring, and it's not like, whoa, we're, 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 it's not like a Jeff Bezos humanitarian style thing, but we want other people to come along this ride with us, right? We talked about this before. When we win, everybody wins. So if you have a show or starting a show or know a show that wants further promotion, that wants to hop on board, that you think is a good fit, for punchless media, holla at your boys. Let us know. I love it. Yeah, I love it. No, I mean, dude, I, I remember listening to Fistful of Cash and Soup at the end of the show, rifling through football, and obviously, you know, knowing him through you for the past, you know, a couple of years. There's some people that you speak with that you're like, holy shit, you're so smart at what you do that it intimidates me that I don't want to converse. So this is great. I don't have to converse with him to get his plays. I'm just going to listen to Give Me the Points podcast, hear his smartness, and make some cash. Admittedly, he's pretty tough to talk to, though. Um, right. Smart, but an asshole at the same time. Right. Lovable, but also a jerk. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. But definitely an interesting. But you're absolutely right. He knows everything about football. He's essentially a rain man. Yes, that's what um, I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, minus the uh minus the autism. But yeah, he's he's very, very smart, very smart guy. So I look forward to I look forward to seeing what they can accomplish with the show, man. All right. Let's get let's let's rifle through some prelims, yeah? 
I like what you did there real quick, by the way. I like the whole, he's, you know, he's smart, but he's retarded. You like, you, you gave him a compliment and then you, you crushed him in the face. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that going forward. Cause it kind of like levels it out. You know, it works with everybody, but your wife and your boss. So work, just do it any, with anybody that's not them. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Noted. Good. Side note to producer Jake, staying outside smoking darts. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, throw him in the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. R- Ramiz Brahmash taking on Sasha Politnikov or Palatnikov. Palatnikov at six and three. Uh, Brahmash at eight and three. If I'm not mistaken, isn't the one, isn't Brahmash the one that our boy Max Payne Griffin sent to the shadow realm here? Am I, am I wrong it. here? Well, it didn't send him, send his ear. Yeah, he sent his ear. That's right. He punched his ear off his head. That's right. That's it. Was the ear? Yeah, it was the ear guy. Uh, Palatnikov fights with socks on, which is really cool. One of the few guys that still fights with socks. Plus one twenty versus Brahmaja to minus one forty over on rounds at two and a half. Under two and a half is the play here. Trey Palatnikov does not have a chin. He he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, the Brahmaj, I feel like he he got fed to the wolves really quickly. I mean, yeah. he comes out of LFA. I mean, he essentially came out of there on 55 seconds sub. They're like, we got to feed this guy. Goes in to face uh, Miguel Baeza, uh, but then that got scrapped because he got injured. And then he goes to Max Griffin, gets his ear shot off into the freaking grandstands. He's he's a great fighter. He's a, actually a great jiu-jitsu artist. Pleknikov, though, <laughs> dude, he's just not – not, I don't think he's UFC caliber to be honest. I don't think mm. he has. The, I don't think he can stand very well. He definitely doesn't have any ground groundwork whatsoever. So the thing I like in this, I like uh, Rajmukov. I like him on the ground. I like him by sub, and I think he's going to get it done. I know his ear is completely gone, but you know whatever. Jiu-jitsu artists have cauliflower. They don't deal with that shit anyways. He's going to snatch up a submission. I love it, dude. Well, they definitely put his ear back on. So there's that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's finishing a fight, he's doing so by submission. I don't mm-hmm. believe that he has any TKO wins. I think every win that he has that was a finish is a sub. So take Brahmaj, take him at take him at a sub. Or in my instance, take it under two and a half. Well, Platnikov, dude, he got subbed by uh, Impa, dude. In his Impa Kisangane subbed Sasha Platnikov. Yeah, That's so weird. that tells you enough right there. That's 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 a rough sub. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> keeping it moving. Ignacio Bahamandes taking on Roosevelt Roberts. Roosevelt Roberts at ten and two. Bahamandes at eleven and four. Bro, I consistently bet against Roosevelt Roberts, and it has proven profitable every time. Uh, at every time. Do I bet against him though? Against Bahamandes? Do I bet against him? Do I do that? I think you have to, man. Ooh, I have to, huh? We're talking about we're talking about a Bob Monaster that lost to John McDessey. Cross-eyed, can't focus, always sees three of his opponents. John the Bull McDessey went out there and got that W. Um to be honest, Bahamondas, I think was like a minus three hundred in that fight and completely pooped the pooped the bet. Just completely it was it wasn't that bad. And to be honest, and to Save John McDessey for a quick second. He's a vet. He's yeah. got good striking. Yeah. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was a split decision loss. So it, it wasn't was. the worst. Um, I think the, the issue with Braha, uh, with Brahamash, that, why is that name stuck in my head right now? With Ignacio, is he's someone when he's faced with a more talented striker, um, he just, he just falls by the wayside. Roosevelt mm-hmm. Roberts, though, everyone talked about Roosevelt Roberts as being this submission threat. 
I don't freaking see it, dude. Jim Miller in his last fight. I mean, Grant, that was the slickest armbar on the on the planet. I mean, he doesn't have the striking to warrant a ground game, and the ground game that he has, he never exercises. So I don't understand it. I'm going to go Ignacio because I think he throws with ill intent. I think he throws heavier. He's got good selective shots, especially with his fight IQ standing. I don't think Roosevelt Roberts has the striking. And until I see otherwise, dude, he does not have a submission game. I mean, uh, stats would say that he does have a submission game. I mean, two out of his first three wins as a pro came by submission. Um and he's got a couple guillotines on a record, right? A couple, couple arm bar or a couple rear nakeds. Um, it's so funny. I, I don't consider guillotines a submission, really. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like Brian Kelleher, we'll talk about him later. Like that's his specialty, but like that's a one trick pony submission. Like I don't see his, him as a versatile uh, submission artist. You know what I mean? Man, you're talking about a guy that's about to get his black belt. That's. Wait. Brian Kelleher is about to get his black belt. No, I said you're talking like a guy that's about to get his black belt. Oh, oh, yeah, Pinky's up over here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really count guillotines as submissions. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest, it's very much a one-trick pony as opposed to the, to the chess game that is the Uma Plata. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I'm so above that shit. Yeah. Can I can I introduce you to my friend Gogo Plata <laughs> or his cousin Uma Plata? I know we're talking about simple guillotines here, Trey. I just but calm down. I believe it's still a submission, but okay. I, whether you count it or not, I believe they're gonna go ahead and call that a submission. <laughs> Oh God, oh, King Gogo Plata! You threw that out there. <laughs> All right, man. Fabio Charant taking on William Knight. William Knight nine and two. Fabio Charant at seven and two. Let's move these right along here, man. Okay. Uh, we're, we're well over an hour. Knight at a minus one seventy. Uh, Charant at a plus one fifty. Uh, first team all custom jeans here. Both of these guys are pulling an absolute <laughs> wagon behind them. Uh, not really sure. Uh, that this fight makes at the distance. I'll play inside the distance, super safe. It's going to be minus money, but I'm going to play inside the distance here. Not really worried about getting into the particulars of it. Both these guys are big. Both of them are going to throw heavy. Both are going to have bad cardio. We're going to get it out of here early. Yeah, I like that. I'm actually more intrigued by the over one and a half. Ooh, um, over? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like inside the distance, but I, I think they're going to feel themselves out for a quick second. Knight needs to land takedowns. I mean, that's that's what has to happen in this fight. Sharon's got good hands. He's got quick combinations. But he if he if he chooses to engage in the manner that he normally does, which is he backs up to the cage, he gets into clinch, and then he gets taken down, then that's going to fall right into Knight's wheelhouse. He'll get some ground and pound and get it out there. But I think if if Fabio decides to stand a little bit and keep his distance, I think they're going to feel themselves out for one and a half. And then the onslaught of William Knight's wrestling is going to take over in that later rounds. I do believe inside the distance, but I'm liking that over one and a half. All right, man. Bay Malecki at a blistering two and oh, taking on Josie Ann Nunez oh. at seven and one here. Trey Bay Malecki at a minus 160. Nunez at a plus 140. I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm not necessarily sure that you should bet on a woman at minus 160 that only oh. has two professional fights. Uh, right. Not to mention the fact that women's underdogs are science. Uh, plus 140, decent odds now. That being said, Josie Ann Nunez is not good. She's, yeah. I mean, 
far be it for me to criticize somebody who's a professional athlete who could probably beat me up in a fight as long as I didn't hit her first. Um, I, I, I really don't think Nunez is a UFC caliber fighter. Hate me for that, if you will. Baymalecki's two and zero. Right. I don't necessarily know that I can. I can, you know, win. She beat Veronica Macedo, but Macedo has shown herself to be a one-trick pony as well. Uh, and the other win over Duda Santana. Come on, man. I. What do you do with that? That's not. I can't measure anything off of this. Take women's underdog. Take the money just for the sake that it's more likely a coin flip plus one forty. Ah, forget about it. Let's just go one forty and keep it moving. Yeah, uh, I like to use this example a lot for point-style fighters like the Caitlin Chukagans of the world. If there was a gold, silver, bronze Caitlin Chukagan, I'd say Bayam Malecki is the bronze of a Caitlin Chukagan. She's a point fighter. She throws a little bit of output, but there's absolutely zero pop. Nunez, on the other hand, she throws, but there's just you can also throw her technique out the window. Oh, it's yeah. just it's not good. It's a nightmare. It's it's really bad. Um, so I think. It's hard to not take plus 140 because, like you said, women's MMA, it's science. Um, and who knows? When she does throw, it's it's a looping hand, and it can it could clip someone. So I don't know, dude. Stay away, but otherwise, it's science. What about this? What about that? Just hear me out. Okay? Hear me out. Okay. Nunez has won her last four fights mm-hmm. by knockout. Yeah. Bay Malecki's 2-0. She has yeah. no idea what to do with that. Yeah. What if we take Nunez by knockout? Ooh. What if we just lean all the way into women's underdog? Just, just lean into it and take a it's, woman by knockout. It's not a bad play because if you watch Malecki's fights, she has to move. And in Apex, she can't move. Yeah. I, I like it, dude. Should we make or, that a play? Or, or we just take an inside the distance and not care who wins. I don't like that. That's scary. All right. I say just go balls to the wall. Well, Josie this is what we're fight. We're not going to put any balls to it. We're just going to go wall to the wall. Um, Nunez by knockout. Love it. Let's do it five in a row. Give her five so knockouts good. in a row. All right. Brian Kelleher taking on Domingo Pilarte. Pilarte at eight and two. Brian Boom Kelleher at 22 and 12. Kelleher, bless his heart. Just bless his heart. The kid just wants to be included in everything. Always calling out the big top 15ers, and they just want to give them every unranked bantamweight on the planet Earth. They just don't. My man Brian Kelleher gets no respect. Zero. Um, and they're giving him Domingo Pilardi. You know, Kelleher minus 175, Pilardi plus 150 over under uh, on rounds at two and a half. Don't overthink this fight. Use Kelleher, put him in a parlay, and forget about it. <laughs> uh, uh, dude. You're on Pilardi? No, I'm not on Pilarte. Dude, um, he coming out of the contender series. He fought Vince Murdoch, and when he did that fight, if you remember, he got straight up KO'd in the first round and then came back and ended up subbing Vince Murdoch, but that's the only reason is because he completely gassed out. Kelleher, I like his striking. I think he gets a little bit you know, overzealous with that guillotine I talked about earlier. The, the only thing I'm a little bit worried about is Kelleher is going to be six, six inches shorter. He's going to have a seven-inch less reach advantage. I think it's going to be tough for him to close that distance, but the problem is Domingo struggles in the cover up. And, you know, I think a lot of people are able to close the distance relatively quick on him. So, yes, I'm going with Brian, but 
to put him as a parlay piece makes me really scary. Domingo doesn't have 25 feet to move. He's got 21 feet. That's true. Fair. So Kelleher should be able to close the distance on him. All right. Final fight of the evening that we're covering, the featured prelim, Austin Lingo at 8-1, and one, taking on Luis Saldana at 15-7. and seven. Saldana, uh, minus 120 favorite, plus, plus 100 on Lingo here. How do you feel about this fight? Because my initial leaning might be Lingo here, man. Ooh, really? Yeah, yeah. I like, Dude, I like Austin Lingo. I like his sub game, bro. He's so sneaky. Yeah, but he can't he can't control the rest. And I don't know if Saldana is going to come in it. Lingo, that was put on in spades when Lingo fought Yusef Zalal, dude. Right. Yusef Zalal put a wrestling clinic on him, and that's you know what happened. So hmm. I, I I'm worried Saldana. I don't know, dude. He just doesn't do he doesn't do well under the bright lights. I think I think it's a it's good that it's gonna be in the apex, it's gonna curb curb it a little bit. Lingo's an average boxer who has a little bit of wrestling, but obviously when he's put up against someone that's more legit in wrestling, it, it's put on a show. I think Saldana is going to have a little bit more of the, the versatility. He uses great kicks. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to be more aggressive off the bat. Lingo tends to kind of hang back for a minute before he engages, kind of plays the pace of whoever he's fighting. Saldana will actually move forward and dictate that pace, which I like. But if he does so, he does so at the risk of getting knocked out. Don't forget Austin Lingo's nickname is Lights Out. He can crack. Um, He does have two subs on his record. But the reason why I say that I like his sub game in comparison to this is that the sub losses that Saldana has are the type of subs. I know you don't respect the guillotine that much. We've already established that. But those are the type (laughs) of sub wins that Austin Lingo has. So... If I can't hurt you on the feet or I'm getting hurt on the feet, what do I do? I shoot sloppy. I get my neck taken. I get. I go night-night. I go night-night. <laughs> um, so it is possible. It is possible. I'm initially leaning Austin Lingo. This this fight most likely will not show up on my bet slip on Saturday. Uh, but all that to say, there it is. So I like it. Yeah. All right, man. You want to run through these top to bottom real quick? And we'll put a bow on us, bad boy. Let's do it. All right, man. Brahamaj Palatnikov. Brahamaj. I'm on Brahamaj as well. Bohamanda or Bahamandez versus Roberts. Uh Mendez. I'm on Roberts for, for right now. Um William Knight, Fabio Chiron. William Knight. I'll go Knight, but I don't care. I'm going inside the distance. Nunez versus Malecki. We're doing Nunez by KO. All right. Pilarte versus Kelleher. Kelleher. Lingo versus Saldana. I'm gonna take Saldana. All right. I'm leaning Lingo. Royval, Pantoja. Royval, love I'm, it. I'm on Royval as well. Vince Pichel, Austin Hubbard. Uh, Pichel. I'm on Pichel as well. Trevin Jones, Saida Kub, Karamanov. I'm going to go care. freaking can't say his last name. I'm not going with Trevin Jones. Gotcha. <laughs> Parker Porter, Chase Sherman. Parker Porter. I hate I hate it. Chase- but I like over one and a half. Sorry, got to say that. That is yeah. the lock. Chase Sherman, I'm, I'm on Chase Sherman. Mark Madness or Mark Madsen, Clay Guida. Team Alpha Male for life, Clay Guida. All right. I'm on Clay initially, but I'm, I don't know. I think legends die in the apex. Jared Cannonier, Kel- Kelvin Gastelum. I'm going to go Gastelum. I don't like it, though. I'm on Cannonier, most likely going to have Gastelum. <laughs> <laughs> All 
<laughs> all right, man. If you don't already do so, please follow us on all social media accounts. You can do so at Punchless MMA wherever you wherever you socialize. Uh, that's where you can find us. If you're going to shoot us an email, you can do so at chat at Punchless MMA. MMA, the best way to support the show. One, leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Two, support the show by supporting the show sponsors. Go to allegianceclothing.com, like you see above me. Use promo code PUNCH and save 15% site-wide. Or you can go to Stay Classy Meats, which you'll see in the logo below me here. Go to Stay Classy Meats, use promo code FIST. You can save 10% off site-wide. Um, like I, we've said before, Punchlist MMA is now expanding to Punchlist Media. If you want to be a part of Punchlist Media or know somebody that you think would be a good fit, make the introduction. Reach out and say hi. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, be sure to follow the Give Me the Points podcast, which will be uh, – kicking off next week which will be our nfl betting podcast um trey and i will be of no part of that that will be a separate entity away from us outside of being the punchless media group so be sure to give them a follow if you uh feel so inclined to make some money on some sports other than mma we appreciate you guys everybody that listens to the show everybody that downloads everybody that shares everybody that buys merch we love you and we appreciate you trey do you have anything else to say to the people before we go of course Bang, bang. Be good to each other, guys.